This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture and I'm Juliet Jacobs. It's another episode of the ABCs of Biodiversity, our ongoing series where we explore why biodiversity loss is our loss. So there are five species of gibbons found here in Malaysia and gibbons are known for providing one of nature's most enchanting concerts, welcoming the sunrise with their songs. But their songs and cherubic faces make them a sought-after commodity in the illegal wildlife pet trade and coupled with habitat loss, gibbons are being pushed further into the endangered species list. So today on our episode, I'm joined by Mariani Ramli, or BAM as she's known, the president of the Gibbon Conservation Society. She's also the head director of the Gibbon Rehabilitation Project, or GREP, and the newly opened Borneo Gibbon Rehabilitation Project, Borneo GREP. And she's going to join me to discuss uh, the five gibbons that are found in Malaysia in particular, and also to discuss more about this second conservation and rehabilitation project for Malaysia singing apes in Sabah. Welcome, BAM. How are you today? Hi, Julia. Thank you so much for reaching out to us again and, you know, inviting us to your studio. Always a pleasure. Always lovely to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So congratulations. You've got a new space and we're going to talk about that uh, a little bit after this. But, you know, for this series, because it's called the ABCs of Biodiversity, we want to get all those sort of 101s out, right? Uh, So I think this is something that I came across and people didn't actually know the answer. Uh, Gibbons, are they apes or monkeys? As you know, gibbons are tailors, so primates that don't have tails, we call them apes. And gibbons are apes uh, in the same family with orangutan, gorilla, chimpanzee and us humans, scientifically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, because I think they're smaller, one of the smallest apes, am I correct? Yes, the smallest ape. Okay, all right. And in total, how many species of gibbons can be found in the wild? Um, all over the world, there are 20 species of gibbons, you know, in Asia. And Malaysia is so lucky, we have five gibbon species in our country, three in Peninsula Malaysia and two in Borneo. And from the 20 species of gibbons, we have the biggest gibbons in the world, which is Siamang, inhabit uh, Peninsula Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And we love those gibbons, don't we? And uh, so there are five, and uh, maybe you can uh, walk me through the five that, we, uh, that can be found here in Malaysia. Um, Siamang, uh, as I told you just now, they are in Peninsula Malaysia, like in the, their distribution is in the middle of Peninsula Malaysia. And uh, La Gibbons from uh, Sungai Perak down to um, South Peninsula. And then the Ajal Gibbons is at the northern part. While Funerous Gibbons, the North Bornean Gibbons, uh, can be found in um, Sabah and the uh, border of Sarawak. And Abbot's Gibbons in uh, in Sarawak and Bordeaux of Sabah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so we've so they're very distinct in that one way. They all gibbons, but they're all very distinct species in that sense. Am yes, I correct? Yes, and actually in the wild in Peninsula, um, Siamang can live together with La Gibbons. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, live uh, share the territory with the La Gibbons, but they they um, yeah, Siamang can share territory with La Gibbons and Agile, but Agile and uh, La Gibbons actually cannot get along together. So interesting. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Do we know why? Maybe because of their, not really, maybe because of their diet, you okay. know. Okay. The Siamang can eat like more harder branch, things like that, while La Gibbons and Agile, they f- are almost similar 
their diet. Mm-hmm. So okay. they fight for the food. Ah, so they become competitors in yes. that sense. Okay, yes. for the already um, the decreasing space, like de- decreasing habitat, isn't yes. it? Okay, yes. and there's really something very special about gibbons, and that's the way they move, right? Their form of locomotion, which you've spoken to us about. It's called brachiating. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes, brachiating. They are the thousand in the jungle. <laughs> I call them always because they are so fast, the fastest primates in the world. And actually, they call, you know, like Tarzan calling the animals, they call. They have this uh, great call, calling in the morning. Mm-hmm. So for me, they are the Tarzan in the jungle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And can you talk to us about, you know, the way they move? So they they, nev- they they don't walk on the ground, isn't it? They stay up in the trees all, all the time, isn't that mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah. The main locomotion for gibbons is brachiating. Mm-hmm. But what, they, what makes them similar to us humans is they walk bipedal, two mm-hmm. legs on a long distance. Compared to other primates, uh, especially apes, uh, you see orangutan sometimes they walk two legs but not in a long distance. Yeah. Whilst orang, uh, while gibbon, they walk long distance uh, by pedal and balancing themselves on the branch. And that's what, but most of most of the locomotion, they use uh, brachiation, uh, swinging. Swinging, yeah. okay. And they've got very, very long arms, isn't it? Yeah, they are, the size of the, the length of the arms is twice their feet. Twice their feet, wow. Yeah. Okay, that's why they can just swing and that's why they, they're so good at this brachiating and that's their form of movement. Mm-hmm. And are they considered like very strong? Like, you know, you think of like gorillas and orangutans, they're very, very strong sort of uh, apes, isn't it? Is it the same for our gibbons? I would say that they're not as strong as gorilla orangutan, but they are so agile and they are faster than them. So there are cases where, you know, people seeing, uh, tourists seeing gibbons fighting with orangutan in Indonesia. Even though gibbons are smaller from orangutan, you know, three times smaller, but they win, the, they won the fight. Oh, wow. Because they, they're quite uh, agile, they move fast and yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. so they're strong little things, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, the, their behaviour is also something that's very interesting. I know, like, they are monogamous, right? And I think they're the only apes. Am I correct in saying that? I'm not sure. The only apes that are monogamous, uh, they live in family groups. Talk to me a little bit about that. They live, yeah, they live in the family groups, a nucleus family. If we say they are the only monogamous apes, I hope human will not be... Upper. <laughs> because human also apes, oh, right? That's Scientifically, true. so well, are but, we monogamous? I don't know. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's it. Why some of us, some women monogamous, so same. That's what also. Actually, there are three similarities for gibbons, uh, from gibbons to human compared to other great apes, and which is uh, bipedal, like I said just now, and socially monogamy. They rest the. They share the responsible of raising a child together, father and mother. Okay. Yeah, and then they're also the only primates that uh, communicate through vocalization. They talk with each other. Okay. So yeah, that is that is gibbons, and they live in a small family unit. Uh, maximum only six of them, and each uh, inter- the. But from one child to another child is around three to four years. So the the parents really focus raising the child before they think about getting another baby. Wow. Okay. Mm. All right. And they're considered quite intelligent animals. Am I correct? Yes. They are really intelligent. And there are some study also. Actually, gibbons are almost like orang... Their IQ is almost like orangutan where they can also use tools. Mm. Uh, like chimpanzee also. So, yeah, they are intelligent. Okay. Intelligent animals. Okay. And um, you know, earlier we were talking about the brachiation and you also mentioned like, you know, they're like the Tarzan because they also have their songs, isn't it? Um, and, and that's also a way that they, uh, you know, find and protect their territories as well, right? Is that through their song? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they sing in the morning, you know, just to mark their territory, telling other groups 
don't come to my house. This is the place. This is my place to find food. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they mark the territory by singing. And that is something very unique about uh, gibbons, right? Mm-hmm. It's really, really unique. <laughs> okay. All right. Excellent. And um, who would you say are the natural predators of gibbons? I and mean, who hunt them, if at all? If, if uh, like I said, they are like the fastest primates in the world. Gibbons are really good, you know, on trees. And there are no mammals as fast as them, even though, you know, the leopard, clouded leopard that, that can, can uh, climb trees. Mm. Unfortunately for gibbons, the only, of course, deforestation, habitat loss is their, is, is their threat. And uh, predator in the jungle, uh, almost none. But uh, they are more like being being prey by human for illegal wildlife trade, okay. the babies, okay. and also some places to eat them, bushmeat. So the, the natural predators are humans, I suppose, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they are, unfortunately, well, just looking at the five that we have in, in Malaysia, both uh, East and West Malaysia, are they considered endangered, these five, uh, these five different gibbons found in Malaysia? Yeah, according to the IUCN, International Conservation uh, International Union Conservation for Nature, mm-hmm. gibbons are listed as endangered, both uh, in uh, Malaysia, in Peninsular Malaysia, and also in Borneo. And there are two more steps to be extinct in the wild. Okay, so the numbers, are, and there's, I remember us talking about not enough studies being done on their numbers as well. So we don't actually have uh, um, reliable figures in that sense, right? Yeah, last study been made, uh, you know, for population this, uh, counting for gibbons. Is around only around eighties, forty years ago. Oh wow! Okay. Um, that, that is that is really really sad because uh, for apes, most of uh, the researchers or students will just focus more on orangutan, mm. and they didn't realize that gibbons is actually an apes too. So okay. most of the focus goes to orangutan. Okay, all right. But um, they are very vital to the survival of the ecosystem. You know, they provide many uh, ecosystem services. What what would you say is you know, what, what part do they play in our ecosystem? Why is their loss basically our loss, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I always say they're like they are architects in the jungle. They are the farmers in the jungle. They keep help uh, the forest healthy, the ecosystem healthy. They help plant trees for us, for, for fruits. They help plant the medicines for us, you know. And uh, I think be, if not, uh, if we don't have the gibbons in the air, within the area, there will be something missing in the area because some species of trees can only be dispersed by gibbons. Okay. So it's and also I can I just cannot imagine the jungle without the melody of the gibbons. It's going to be really sad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And again, you know, if you can just help me outline uh, the threats to their survival. So you mentioned the pet trade. Uh, there's of course habitat loss. What else? Uh, some of the threats to their survival. Yeah, habitat loss and maybe also a lack of. Um, like a bit in ignorance for the needs of the gibbons when we build like highways, uh, you know, cutting the forest. Some places there's an animal viaduct for terrestrial animals, you mm-hmm. know, the elephant tigers can cross the highway. But we always forget about the arboreal species like gibbons, you know, they need a um, canopy bridge to, to cross to one place from an, another place because they are not good walking on the ground. And bacteria on the soil, on the ground, uh, on the ground can kill them. Right. So they will be isolated in, in, in an area. And also nowadays, what concerns me is when people start. There's there's few area when uh, the nature guides t- start feeding the wild gibbons for tourist attraction. Oh, no. Which is, you know, this is pandemic. The COVID. They have ninety six percent DNA with us human. 
And what we get, like I said, the tourists have like uh, TB or COVID when they, and then they feed the gibbons. The gibbons can get all that and then the gibbons can spread it in the wild with other gibbons or other primates too. So this is something that concerning me now here when I found out about it, that mm. in Peninsular Malaysia. Okay, I mean, the, the key is to keep our distance, right? Yes, we can go and look for them, but, you know, keep a safe distance. Don't go in uh, too close to them. And the pet trade, that's something that I always want to talk to you about because it's really quite uh, traumatic, right, the way, because it tends to be babies mm-hmm. that are taken away from their families, right? Maybe you can talk to us a little bit about how that happens. You know, uh, Gibbons... They, they live in a small family unit. So in order to get one baby at your home as a pet, it is estimated the whole family need to be killed because they have this strong bonding. And obviously the siblings will, the poacher will aim for the baby because they are easily tamed. So the siblings will depend the baby and then the father and the last one is the mother. And sometimes when the poachers uh, shoot the mother, the baby will die together with the mother because, you know, they fall down from from high level of uh, canopy. And then the poachers will go to another family. And according to study, to get one baby at your home, it is estimated around 20 babies. This is just babies, you know, yeah. will, will become the victim. During the hunting, the poaching activities, the transportation from the jungle to the nearest town, sometimes they got blotted. They're like us humans. You need to give like warm milk and all, but these poachers, they don't know. So from the town to the uh, to the market or to the you know pet pet shop, of course these these sellers will hide the the baby under the sink in the toilet because they they know this is it's wrong to sell them. So they will not you know uh, show them in front. So this is uh, and then if someone order, they will send this given by bus because they don't want to see OD. They are worried they've been they will be caught. So these are the cause the dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for mm-hmm. the babies and uh, the uh, family mm-hmm. for the okay. gibbons. Yeah, so I mean the message is very clear, right? They should never ever be kept as pets. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, you know, it's very traumatic for them. And then you know, even when they come to you, uh, you know, after they've been uh, given up or you know for rehabilitation, that process is a very very long one. Rehabilitation, I tell you, is a really challenging, um, challenging, uh, um, I mean, process. And because of their socially monogamy, gibbons is harder to rehabilitate compared to orangutan. Okay. And you know, to see the traumatized gibbons came to our place, the stereotypic behavior, the you know, zoocosis, self rocking, uh, over over grooming, those are the the problems, uh, the challenges that we really that made us you know really sad to see and. Um, hard to cure. Some of the gibbons will not, sometimes they will not, uh, cannot be treated at all with that problem, with the zucosis problem. Okay, all right. So the, the message is very clear. Keep them in the wild. Let's yeah. just go for one quick break, uh, Bam. When we come back, let's talk more about the Gibbon Conservation Society and the work that you guys do. I'm speaking today to Mariani Ramli, or Bam, as she's known. She's the president of the Gibbon Conservation Society. She's also the head director of the Gibbon Rehabilitation Project. And the, and the group just opened the Borneo Gibbon Rehabilitation Project over in Sabah. We're going to find out more about that after this quick break. You're listening to the ABCs of Biodiversity on Earth Matters, BFM 89.9. 
Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. It's another episode of the ABCs of Biodiversity, our ongoing series where we explore why biodiversity loss is our loss. And today we're looking at the uh, five different species of gibbons found in Malaysia. There's the white-handed gibbon, dark-handed or agile gibbon, the siamang, which are all three found in Peninsula Malaysia. We've also got the Muller's gibbon, or is it Muller? Muller Muller's gibbon and the Abbott's grey gibbon, which live in Sabah and Sarawak. And joining me today to tell me all about this is Mariani. Ramley or BAM as she's known. She's the president of the Gibbon Conservation Society. She's also the head director of the Gibbon Rehabilitation Project and they just opened the Borneo Gibbon Rehabilitation Project, their second centre over in Sabah. Um, you know, BAM, I've had you on the show uh, you know, many times but for the benefit of those who might not know, can you talk to us a little bit about the Gibbon Conservation Society? Talk to me about the role the organisation plays in the conservation of gibbons here in Malaysia. So, Gibbon Conservation Society, uh, I founded uh, 2016. Actually, before this, it was uh, known as Gibbon Protection Society Malaysia. Um, this society been, you know, established due to the needs to spread awareness about gibbons, to start telling people we have gibbons in our jungle and, you know, we need to conserve them. Because I started the Gibbon Rehabilitation Project earlier, 2013, and then I realized the rehabilitation itself will not be enough to protect, you know, to conserve the whole species. That is why uh, Gibbon Conservation Society or GCS, you know, our objective is, of course, to educate and uh, spread the awareness to the public and also helping the authorities, assisting authorities uh, illeg- uh, to combat illegal wildlife trade. And we want we work together with um, researchers that want to res- do research about gibbons, and also, um, of course, um, anything about gibbons <laughs> in this in Malaysia. Okay, all right. And I mean, you guys have been doing a great job. I think there's so much more awareness, you know, that we have gibbons in our midst, you know, and that uh, more importantly, you know, the numbers are dwindling very, very quickly. And it's, again, we are, I think, the biggest threat human uh, human intervention is causing that. Can you talk to me about some, and, and, you know, before the break, we talked a little bit about some of the rehabilitation that you guys do, uh, especially for uh, rescued gibbons, right, from the yeah. pet trade, etc. What sort of guidelines do you guys adhere to in terms of rehabilitation? Um, we follow strictly the international guidelines from International Union Conservation for Nature, where they, they in the guidelines it clearly said, you know, in order for us to release individuals, we need they need to fulfill seven criteria. And just to share with you, 2018, we actually invited independent auditor from IUCN to audit the project because I don't have any reference here in Malaysia and to check whether I do we do this uh, project uh, correctly or, you know. And after four days of audit, we managed to get the recognition because we follow the international guidelines, all our SOPs, the design of the enclosure and all. Mm-hmm. Okay, so very, very strict guidelines. And that is so important, right? Because they're, they have very special needs in that sense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some people, they just question us why you don't open the project for public, like, like a zoo. But that's why we always said, um, the, you know, the, the purpose of rehabilitation itself is to minimize human contact. We did, you know, uh, accept like vis- visitors, uh, prior, but with a strict um, rules mm-hmm. where they can see the gibbons, but the gibbons cannot see them. 
So, but we cannot afford with so many people is coming. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is how that we pro- run the project. Okay, all right. And um, you guys have been operating in Peninsula Malaysia, and as I mentioned, you know, you just recently launched the second conservation rehabilitation project, and I understand that's in Kampung Kiau in Kota Belut, Sabah. Tell me a little bit about that. You know, why was the need for? Uh, why was there a need for this center in the first place? Yeah, I just came back from Sabah, and I, I'm still smiling thinking of the place. You know, it's such a nice place, cold and uh, villages over there the community is really supporting I'm so thankful to to start the project over there and um, just to share with you like I said uh, gibbons in Peninsula Malaysia are different species so uh, we cannot rehabilitate them together sure. that is why we offered the help with the Sabah War Department which is really supportive towards this project and I'm really thankful for their trust for us to rehabilitate the gibbons in under their care uh, because um there's no rehabilitation for gibbons yet in Borneo, so that is why we need to come forward to help the gibbons there, because there are, there are cases of there are cases of pet trade, you know, and confiscation over there. Mm-hmm. So basically, even if they have been confiscated, there was nobody who knew how to properly rehabilitate them or or uh, look after them in that sense. Yeah, to rehabilitate them so they can they have high chance of survival to be sent back to the wild. Okay, yeah. okay, all right. So, um, you know, how is it going to be run? Because I think you're going. I mean, are you going to be dividing your time between both centers? What's the plan? I suppose. I've contacting some scientists to clone myself. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, it's just too much work to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> but actually, we did the project. We ran the project with SOPs and system. That is why I can be here with you with the interview and uh, the team at Grab in Pahang can run can continue the rehabilitation. So that's the plan with uh, with the project in Borneo too. We will we will follow the system that we we've, we've been doing in Peninsula and Sabah. Okay, all right. So you've got your template already, right? You already yeah. know how to do it. Uh, you've been doing it successfully here in Pahang. Um, and I also read that Grab uh, Borneo Grab will be the first eco edu tourism center in Malaysia for wildlife. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, um, I'm I'm so excited about this too. You know, because um, as we know, here in Peninsula, we don't open for public. It's uh, based more, more on rehabilitation and research base. Whilst in Borneo, we will open for public, but the gibbons that cannot be released can be, you know, can be used as um, for education and awareness purpose. By the same time, and we want to benefit the local. That is why it's uh, ecotourism. But for, and for edu tourism purpose, we want to open a collaboration, more collaboration with international parties or local universities. So more people will start re, uh, doing research about gibbons, study about gibbons, so more people will fall in love to the to gibbons because, like I said, it's so, there's not much uh, information about gibbons and that is why they're known as the forgotten apes. So we want this centre, eco-editorism, to, so everything will go back to the gibbons to, to raise their profile. Yeah, okay. that's, that's, that's the plan. Okay, all right. And uh, what stage are you guys at in terms of the of, of this center? You know, uh, how is it just starting? I mean, have you what have you built that sort of thing? We've built um, four and a half enclosure okay. because of the uh, the weather. It's not really that but the, uh, raining. We it's like we haven't managed to finish the last enclosure. Okay. So hopefully, when we um, finish the fifth enclosure, we'll manage to we we can take the first phase, the five gibbons. That we can, um, this five. The plan is the these five gibbons. We will try to see 
whether they are, you know, they're suitable with the condition over there because they've been in the rescue center for a really long time okay. and it's, it's, a, it's too big risk to take all of them all of a sudden. So five, it's easy for us to monitor and if something happens, we can, you know, we can able to handle it. So at the moment, you've got five under your care, is that correct? Uh, soon. Soon, we'll take okay. Five. Okay, so they're at, they're at the rehab, they're at the Sabah Wildlife's uh, Rescue Centre. Rescue Centre at the moment. And then yep. once things are okay, you're going to take them over to this new centre. Yes. Okay. Hopefully. Oh. Hopefully. Okay, all right. Okay, yeah. I mean, we want to do it right, isn't it? That's yes. the most important thing. And yes. I can't imagine that it's easy to to get this centre running. I mean, I mean, we're just looking at so many things, right? We've got wars happening all over the world. You know, cost mm. of living is rising. There's inflation. Um, you know, our sub cities are being removed, you know. Mm. Uh, it must be hard as well, especially coming, you know, at the the tail end of uh, the COVID pandemic, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it must be tough for you guys as well to, to keep your operations running. I mean, what help would be most useful to you right now? Um, of course, this situation is like never, never stop. <laughs> Since the pandemic, we started to, you know, get the... We started being... Uh, the operation is quite tough sure. for us. Sure. But still, the Gibbons also need help. Mm-hmm. So we need to struggle to find funds, you know. Yeah, if anyone that wanted to help with the project, they, we accept, of course, we accept donation or corporate companies want to do CSR project with us. They can help, you know, they, they can con- communicate with us. And recently, we just um, launched our Adopt a Gibbon, symbolically Adopt a Gibbon program where people can adopt our gibbons and follow their updates, you know, to progress. Yeah. So, yeah, progress. Yeah, this is, I just hope um, people out there, Malaysian especially, come forward to, to work this with us together mm-hmm. to save our gibbons in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these five that we're talking about, they're only found here, right? Or are they found in other parts of Asia as well? Um, actually, La Gibbons can also be found in um, Indonesia and also Thailand. Okay, all right. But so, they, they are unique to this part of, you know, they're part of, almost part of our heritage, right? They're very unique to, to us and to our uh, our area. So, I mean, we really need to protect the ones that we still have. So hopefully yeah. more people, you know, mm-hmm. come on board with that. Um, I guess, you know, um, is there any, any last message that you'd like to leave us with, you know, perhaps on why, you know, gibbons are an important part of this big biodiversity puzzle? We're talking so much about, you know, the importance of biodiversity. Any last message about why we must protect them? Yeah, like you said just now, they are really important. For me, gibbons is, um, is Malaysian. Mm. Yeah, they make our country beautiful, our jungle beautiful. And they contribute, you know, the, to, be, to make Malaysia is... Their, their, their existence in our country had contributed Malaysia to be one of the 17 mega biodiversity in the world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would like to ask people, I mean, uh, friends out there that would like to to contribute or support this project to just communicate with us and also the most important to spread the awareness and tell people tell share with your friends and family there are gibbons out there in our jungle we, we need to protect them together yeah that's, that's okay all right thank you so much bam for joining me today and i guess you know if anyone wants to find out more they just need to head to gibbonconservationsociety.org and you guys are on social media am i correct yes okay so yeah. that's facebook instagram twitter Yes. Any TikTok? Have we started with TikTok yet? Not yet. I haven't learned how to dance yet. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, soon. TikTok soon. But yes, do head to gibbonconservationsociety.org or search for them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Their social media pages are very active. My thanks again to my guest today, Mariani Ramli or BAM, the president of the Gibbon Conservation Society and the head director of the Gibbon Rehabilitation Project and Borneo Gibbon Rehabilitation Project. It was another episode of the ABCs of Biodiversity. We were looking at gibbons in Malaysia. If you miss any part of today's interview, you can always download the podcast at bfm.my earth or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.